ready for true happiness, for deep fulfillment, for feeling alive, on purpose, and in control of your life again, it's time to be the bold, brilliant, beautiful woman you were born to be. Welcome to the Purpose Girl Podcast. I'm women's happiness and life purpose expert, Karen Rockhunt, and I'm going to teach you how to live on purpose, feel alive, and be happy in every aspect of life. I'm going to get real about my life and interview women who are living on purpose so that you can finally live yours. Welcome to the show. Hello, 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 my purpose girls. So I have shared with you before that I am a recovering beat myself upper. And I say recovering because let's just be honest for a minute. I still do it, right? I know I teach you self-love. I teach you purpose. I know that I am on rooftops wanting every single one of us to stand in self-love and self-care and purpose. And let's be honest, I still have that same part of my critical brain that wants to take me down. In fact, it was just a week ago when I realized that I had made a huge, quote unquote, mistake at work. And I felt so bad, but beyond feeling bad, I felt stupid. And then I started calling myself names and they were horrible names. I literally called myself a loser. You are such a loser. My God, you're such a loser. And it's like my brain went off in that direction. Now, fortunately, I have a lot of tools, tools that we talk about here on the Purpose Girl podcast to bring myself back because I know that self-love is the foundation of all purpose work. And it's not that easy, right? We often need daily tools, daily reminders. Like every single day, I literally need to write in my journal everything I'm proud of, everything I brag and celebrate. I literally need to do affirmations every day. So this topic of self-love, right? Because we all want it, but we don't really know what it is. That is why I have our amazing guest expert on today, Marta Spurk is a writer, podcaster, and women's empowerment coach. Her focus is teaching women how to increase their self-esteem and improve self-image by going on a deeper dive in inner work and personal development. Through her podcast, The Empowered Woman, her virtual self-improvement school, and in-person workshops, she encourages and uplifts women to step into their power and realize that they, that you can do it all. She's also a mama of three triplets. And so when we talk about doing it all, this woman knows how, and she's going to give us that foundation in self-love. Marta, welcome to the Purpose Girl Podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you for that intro. And I love your little story there. Lots lots to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> lots to talk about, right? Lots to talk about. Even though I use the tools. I mean, I literally, I look in the mirror and I say, I love you. And I, I lovingly, tenderly touch myself with kindness often on my face or my arms or my feet like my grandmother used to do, even though I will get into the bathtub if I need it. And I will, you know, spread love on my toes and on my butt and anywhere else. It still can be hard to love ourselves. Yes. So that's why it's so important, the work you're doing, because if we don't love ourselves, then we won't have that self-esteem to walk into our boss's office and ask for the raise or to start that business or to write that book and to go for our purpose. So let's start with kind of the foundation. What is self-love? Because I think we all want it and really have no idea what it even is. Yes, I love that you... um 
said so much about how hard it is, even though we want it. And I feel like not being super specific with a definition has a lot to do with that too. Um, it's still going to be hard regardless, but when you're not specific about the things that you want, then it's really, really hard to even reach them. And this is one of my favorite quotes that I got uh, from a mentor uh, about a year ago. He said, specificity equals success. And I have carried that with me. And because I have a background in being a teacher, I have worked with languages for a long time. I'm from Brazil. So that has been my background I have always loved studying and understanding the origin of things. Hmm. And so I, I love that you asked about the definition of self-love because even though I think it's important to know the definition, hmm. I also know how individual that definition can be. And that's why this path is tricky because it's really important to have mentors and people telling you, giving you tips, formulas, tools. But at the end of the day, you have to know what it means to you and how it will work for you because everyone's so individual that even if you get that specific thing of do this every day and, and your life will be beautiful, when you try and it doesn't work, you automatically think that there's something wrong with you. And the reality is it may not be what works for you at this particular moment or ever because you're different and you've, you know, you have your own individual unique journey. So with having that in mind, knowing that everyone needs to seek their own definition and really be get specific with that and not rely on the dictionary or on my definition or your definition. I think a, a big cue into what self-love is, is even thinking about self-respect and how for the most part, you would say, most people would say that they love themselves because if you never thought about harming yourself and you won't always want something good for you, then that should mean that you love yourself. And I have learned that that's not true because we're constantly disrespecting ourselves throughout the day. When we take on too much uh, because we, we don't want to disappoint somebody or even because we don't want to disappoint ourselves. When we don't take time for self-care, to sleep, to, you know, really get in tune with yourself and understand what do I need now? And is this something that somebody else told me that I need or is it really what I feel like I need? And really developing that awareness of yourself. So I feel like the definition of self-love for me, what I have learned and that other women have resonated with has everything to do with respecting yourself and being very aware of yourself. Because how can you impose boundaries when you don't know yourself? How will you know where your limit is if you don't know who you are? So I feel like self-awareness is the beginning of self-love. Because one thing that I always say is that you can't love somebody you don't know. And I always use the example of everybody has had a friend, a colleague, somebody that you met. And at first you thought that they weren't very attractive. And once you started getting to know them, you were like, oh my gosh, that person's beautiful. And then you remember to the time when you didn't think that they were that good looking. But once you get to know their personality, it's almost like it shines brighter than their physical appearance. And I think that that's true for us too. When you take the time to get to know yourself, you start seeing your beauty a lot more instead of expecting others to recognize your beauty. So yeah, it has everything to do with self-awareness, self-discovery, right? And that self-respect. Mm, mm. There is so much there that I love, right? I just love to put picture frames around things. So first is how important it is to recognize that it's going to look different for every single one of us. Yes. And that is so valuable because I think we all are looking for 
give me the five steps to love myself, the 10 steps to live my purpose, the six steps to being happy. And even if there are general steps, like you got to really get to know yourself and really understand what you need. And therefore you can set the boundaries and have the self-respect and trust yourself. It ultimately, every single thing, every single one of those looks different for each one. So that's just a huge thing for us to okay, we can relax and just start to understand this is going to be different for each one of us. And then this self-awareness piece. We can't love someone we don't know. That's right. I mean, even in, you know, that TV show, Love is Blind, that I totally got hooked on recently. (laughs) I think everybody Totally binge-watched, right? With coronavirus and staying in. It was like, yes, 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 yes to Love is Blind. They actually got to know each other, Mm -hmm. right? And so this is such a beautiful analogy, just thinking about like, do I really know myself? Do I really know what excites me, what turns me on, what upsets me, what I desire, what I'm hoping for, what my strengths are, what my gifts are, what my superpowers are, all of that kind of good stuff. Yeah. And then we can have that self-respect. Yes. Yes, totally. And also, and I feel like just as you explained it right now, it takes a lot of the pressure off of wanting to be all the things and do all the things. Once you really start understanding who you are and that you don't have to be somebody else. Because that's another thing too, that we see a lot within self-love is believe in yourself or just be yourself. Everybody else is taken all these little memes and hashtags <laughs> that sound Bumper amazing. stickers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that sound amazing, but then they lose their value. And I feel like self-love is one of the things that have lost its value and its true meaning because it's been overused, which is good in a way because people are kind of more aware, but at the same time it gets washed down and it's really important to know that it looks different for everybody. And other factor that I want to add here is that it will change over time because we Mm. change over time. So maybe what looked like self-love for you last year is not the same this year because you change and evolve, your relationships change and evolve. And that's why it's so important to be keeping up with and asking yourself those questions constantly to keep up with the changes. Otherwise you will be trying something that used to work that doesn't work anymore. And I have found myself even frustrated with figuring out that something that used to work doesn't work anymore and blaming myself for it. And then now I have come to understand that I want things to change. I want the same thing to not work anymore because that means I am growing, right? That I'm past that and now it's a different challenge. So I need a different tool and there's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes we value complacency in the same uh, a lot because it's easier Right. I think we hang on to it, right? We're afraid to let go of what we've known when in reality, the beauty is in growth and in evolution. And I find that, and I'm curious about you, whenever I go for something bigger or more outside of my comfort zone or something new, old stories that I really had thought I had resolved. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I thought I had worked on them and love myself. And, you know, we're in a different place. They rise up with new fierceness. And that's why I often need new tools is that every time I'm stretching myself, some of that talk, like I I shared at the beginning in the story from last week, comes up in a new way. Yes, yes, definitely. And, and, And that's what I love so much about your story is that because of this desire, I guess, that we have of resolving everything and thinking and putting everything in the past. We fail to understand that when things come up, it doesn't mean that we haven't learned or that we're not evolved or that we're not past that. 
it's just that there that's a part of us. That's a part of your story, right? Of the things that you have already overcome. And it's not that there, it, there is a perfect person and that for that person, those things don't come up anymore. It's just a matter of their reaction changes, right? So it's almost like there's a little angel, the little devil all the time <laughs> talking to you. And ultimately your reaction and who you're going to choose to listen to is your decision, right? And it's like, there's always going to be your own devil's advocate inside of you, which I think it's really good. It's our power of being analytical and, um, and observing our own behavior. And I think that that's what lacks for most people is being able to analyze their own behavior and ask themselves questions. Why am I feeling this? Where is this coming from? They just take things from face value and victimize themselves a whole Mm. lot and don't understand that they do have the power over their thoughts and their feelings and their emotions. So I feel like that's important there too, to understand that it's not that those things are not going to arise anymore. It's just that you will understand that your reaction is in your hands. Yes. It's funny. I, every single day wear a necklace that says I choose. Mm. And I actually sell these on the Purpose Girl website because it's my daily moment by moment reminder that I get to choose how I respond. Yes. Which doesn't mean that I respond exactly how I want in the moment, but it's a reminder to come back to it. It's a primer to keep coming back to it. Yes. So I'm curious, Marta, how did you get into the work of self-love? How did you get into the work of self-esteem? I mean, you must have a story behind this. Yes. And it's interesting because as the time goes by, I've I've been getting glimpses of the reasons behind all the things. Because, you know, I started at first, so at like face value or the very first beginning, it had everything to do with having triplets and moving away. So I had the kids when I was in Brazil and then we moved back to the United States. My husband's American and they were nine months old. So it was, it was very new. And with being a first time mom, I've never done this before and being very isolated because my family was in Brazil. His family lives out of state and it was something that I wanted in a way because I didn't want outside voices. I kind of wanted to just do that on my own. But it was very lonely, right? And I needed uh, something for myself. And it all started with, I found the world of coaching and it was more so connected to fitness and uh, weight loss because of what I was going through, you know, postpartum, just had my my babies and stuff like that. And then with that, I learned more about personal development. And I had, I was brought up in church. My mom is a pastor. So I'd always been very in tune with the idea of, seeking for help outside of yourself and, you know, taking care of your emotions and all of that. But I felt kind of limited in the sense that there wasn't a whole lot of talk about you figuring it out on your own or asking yourself those questions Mm. because it was more an outward thing. You know, you seek God or you seek somebody that can give you advice. And I was in a situation where I didn't really have any of that. And I think a little bit traumatized by the oppression of being brought up in a very strict home too. It was almost like, I'm independent. I can figure this out on my own. And I needed some help. And so personal development was that help for me. And I decided to share my journey and found out that other women were also seeking this type of of help, of understanding themselves. And why am I feeling the way I'm feeling? Because Motherhood is really a huge change. Um, Things that you don't even understand start happening. um, And it's very physiological too with your hormones, plus your own background and your, you know, everything that you were talking about, the things that start coming up that you don't realize. Right, your old stories. I mean, I know I'm about to find out because it's happening, it's happening pretty soon for me. And I'm just like, 
preparing myself that any of my old stories or fears are probably going to come up because this is a whole new challenge. This is a whole new realm that I don't know. Yes. And that I'm going to want to do quote unquote, right. Yes. You're going to write for sure. And what I love so much is that when I started doing this, lots of women that were not moms started resonating with my message. Mm. And that's why I actually rebranded instead of talking to just moms, I talked to women. Um, because I actually think it's so amazing that you start looking into these things before you even become a mom, because it's almost like your life gets thrown into this blender and everything is happening at the same time. And you don't really have the time to breathe or to figure anything out. And I decided that I needed to take that time to figure things out. And I didn't want to wait until my kids were 18 because that's where I was brought up too. into, you know, your mom gives up the, her entire life to take care of the kids. And it's not that I didn't want to take care of my kids. I wanted to figure out what I was going through. And lots of women that were, were not moms started resonating with this. And I was like, that's brilliant. I wish I had thought of all these things, but you know, we're on our path for a reason and it is what it is. Uh, but I think it's, it's, it's phenomenal to have kind of like that leg up into it. But back to like when I started four years in now, having done this work with myself and sharing it with other women, I started realizing that a lot of it too was kind of a guilt that I felt by learning that it was triplets and knowing that it was going to ruin all the plans that I had for myself and the things that I had envisioned. And I know that lots of women go through this, even if with, with one child, maybe if they have a disability or whatever, that it may happen to their health or to their partner, their relationship. There are different stories out there. But within my story, only recently, because I was able to admit it to myself, I feel, and then say it to other people and have other people say, this is how I felt too, especially other triplet moms or moms of multiples, mm. was being able to admit that I wasn't so thrilled about the idea of having three kids at the same time. And that this put me on a path of I need to pretend like everything is okay. I need to not resent my kids because that's an awful thing for a mom to feel. And with the work that I have done, it has really helped me understand that we're entitled to feel what we feel and that we should investigate instead of trying to pretend that it's not there. So essentially, this is what I have been doing into understanding my personality, getting to know myself. Why did this bother me so much that you know it, it led me into this path of trying to find help and understanding that the only help that I could really get comes from within because it was me talking to myself and being super honest with myself into saying, I wasn't happy about this, but I love my kids. And sometimes we feel like one excludes the other and it's not true. Oh, this is so important, Marta. It's, there can be, we can hold both and. Yeah. Right. I think we all learn this either or, either I love my kids or I don't want kids at all, or I, you know, and it could be around work. I love my work or I hate it and want a new job. And it's like, we can hold both and where you can both be frustrated. You can be disappointed. You can be angry. You can be scared and love them and want them and all the above. And that's really holding, this is the fullness, in my opinion, of woman. Yes. Holding all of that. Yes. Yes. And, and how multifaceted we are and that it's okay. Because sometimes, most times I feel we wait for people to, to label us and tell us this is who you are. Because again, going back into the easy quote unquote, that's easier for to just hear someone tell you, this is your position in the world. Just follow that to a T 
and everything is going to be okay. There will be no waves, no disruption. And then once you start asking yourself those questions and you understand that you are the one that can determine that, it feels kind of uneasy because it's not what you've done your entire life. So how do you go about it without stepping on anybody's toes? Or then how do you go about it knowing that you are going to step on people's toes and that that's okay? (laughs) Yes, and it's even okay. Thank you so much for being so honest with your story because this is something I hear all the time from moms who are my coaching clients or in my community that no one has told them that it's okay to sometimes like want to give the child back, you know, or sometimes be frustrated or whatever it might be. I had a struggle when I found out I was having a boy. I mean, I do women's empowerment. I was supposed to have a girl, you know? And so like in my mind, then I went, oh my God, what a horrible mother I am. What a horrible woman. And it's like, wait a minute. No, you're not. You're human. And you're experiencing very real emotions. Mm -hmm. And so like, can we just get real with each other, please? And stop trying to put lipstick on a pig. Because the more real we are, the more we can start understanding, okay, I am normal. This is human. Yes. And then I can get to the heart. Like you said of, I love how you said that. What was it about the triplets that was really getting to you? Mm -hmm. And I think under that question gets to, What's my fear and what's my desire? Yes, yes. And then because you're so afraid of even admitting that you have that feeling, you don't get the chance to ask yourself those questions and understand where it comes from to be able to heal that part or do something different so that you are going to make yourself feel better. And it doesn't help anybody. And I've been using an analogy uh, recently that I really love that sometimes even happens to me as an adult. And I guess as my kids grow, they're probably going to go through this. When you're in the bedroom and everything is dark and you're trying to go to sleep and then you look somewhere and it kind of looks like it's a person there or a monster or something like that. And you're like, oh, it's just my head. So you turn over and you try to sleep, but you're still kind of worried. You may have a nightmare about it. Whereas if you just had the guts to stand up, turn the light on and see that it's actually nothing, you know, and most times in our lives, we decide that we're just going to live in the dark and not want to explore those things, except it doesn't mean that that thing is not there. And it doesn't mean that it doesn't, that it's not bugging you still. So why do we live a life pretending when you could just investigate? That doesn't mean that you're going to, you know, uh, cancel out your entire life and everything's going to go to crap. It's the opposite. Right. There is freedom in picking up the rug. You know, one of, I, I love your analogy so much. It reminds me, one of the things I love to say is, if you throw shit under the rug enough, eventually it's going to start to stink. Like you can't just sweep it under and think it's never going to be there. And so it does, whether it comes back a year later, 10 years later, and it comes back as weight, or it comes back as anxiety, or it comes back as illness somewhere in your body, or it comes back as resentment and frustration, it's going to come back. Yes. And so this is so important to honor our shadows And the other parts of us that are true. I've been reading Untamed by Glennon Doyle. I don't know if you've ever read that. I've seen it, but I haven't read it. Sounds amazing. She's genius. It's amazing. And she was saying in there that we learned as women that to be the best mother means to sacrifice everything. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) And to lose ourselves. And what rather she has been retraining herself the last couple of years is that what her kids need is a fully alive mother. Yes. And that's what I'm hearing from you. Yes, exactly. And this is what has been hard to communicate to some people, even my family sometimes, because they don't understand. And it's because of the traditions, because what they were taught, you know, and I see that, but I am not living in that world. We are not living in that world anymore. Amen, sister. Right. Woman. 
it, things have changed. And this is what I have understood back to what I said before. We get so afraid of change, but if we actually embraced it, it wouldn't be so hard. And this is what I have learned is really finding the lessons, even in the hard times, because essentially this is what I'm doing. I'm not saying to hell with everything. And now I'm just going to be my own person. I am saying there's a lesson for me to learn here. And I want to take the most advantage that I can of this lesson of why was this hard for me? And why did it translate into me doing this work? Because it looks like I am, you know, spending a lot of my time on other women instead of spending a lot of my time with my kids. But this has been the way that I, that has worked for me to process my feelings. And it turns into helping other women because they're on a, a journey to, to understand. I love purpose so much because when we're living our purpose, we are healing ourselves. We're teaching our own lessons. We're sharing our own journey so that other people can heal and grow. And we can as well at the same time. Yeah. So everything we've just talked about, Marta, thank you, thank you, thank you, leads so many women to have low self-esteem. Yes. All the shoulds, all the stories, all the, right? And I know you work a lot with women on how to improve self-esteem. And so what do we need to do? So I feel like some of the exercises that you even mentioned, and it was interesting that you said brag, because that's one of the very first things that I encourage women to do. Well, first and foremost, understanding their personality type. I love the Enneagram. That's a tool that has been by far the best because it's really from a transformative standpoint into seeing your weaknesses and strengths, but not just staying there, putting it on a shelf and saying, all right, if somebody asks me what my Enneagram type is, I'll just tell them my number. That's not what I feel like that is there for. It's really to understand that every single day you're either operating out of a healthy or an unhealthy version of that type. And that that type developed itself because of what you were born with and because of your surroundings. So it's important for you to go back and revisit those stories because they're going to come up like we were saying, but why not intentionally revisit those stories and start asking, why did I develop this type of dominant personality? Ah, because my sister, ah, because my mom, ah, because where we lived or what we went through as a family. And it starts becoming so much more clear. And that brings confidence because then you understand this is who I am. This is what has happened to me throughout the years. And now this is who I am. So you start actually loving who you are because you start seeing that story. You know, when you read a book, you know, memoir or whatever it is, and you start feeling like you're close to that person because you get to know them so well. And you're like, oh my gosh, look at all that she went through. And she's just hanging in there. Why not do that to yourself? You know, why not revisiting all those things and saying, I overcame this and I overcame this. And, and this has been a process for me to develop forgiveness for my past too, for myself and for my past. Because when you see those things from the eyes of an adult woman and also from a woman that is seeking personal development, so that's those two important things, you're going to see, revisit those memories with different eyes already, 100%. And then you're going to start seeing the positive, even in the negative things and say, hey, but that taught me this. If that hadn't happened to me, I wouldn't have known how to handle situation B and C, you know? Yes. Yes. It's it's so amazing because whenever I think about the traumas that we've been through, the pain that we can get lost in saying, oh, woe is me, or my life has been so challenging, difficult. Yep. We also could say, look what I made it through despite that. Yes. And what I'm hearing you say is 100% how, how I teach it as well, which is, no, you are strong and courageous and we're able to thrive in, the, in X situation, not despite, but because. Yes. 
And this is, I love this. So this is the self-awareness piece you were talking yes, about. Yes, that you really get self-aware, your own story. Where did that come from? And Enneagram is not something that um, I'm expert at. I don't even know my number. I have a lot of friends who do their numbers. And so tell us a little more. How do we take it? What does that look like? Yeah, there are free tests online that you can take. There's also, you know, paid more extensive versions that you can take. Um, But what I always encourage people to do is even if they take it once, start studying the types that you were, that was was determined that you were dominant once. Because usually in the test, it'll tell you like, there's three there, or maybe one that has a bigger number, but there's another one too. And there are wings. It kind of gets complicated, but that's what I meant with don't leave it on the shelf. Start looking into, there's so many resources with descriptions and that's not meant to label you, but to really help you understand yourself. And it's interesting because when you start looking into the other types, you'll start seeing other people in your life that fall into that category. And I even encourage you to do have your spouse and your best friends and family, closest family members take it too, because it'll give you even more insight into why you attract those people in your life, because that's the one thing that you look for or that you're lacking or that is your weakness to begin with, which hints at the transformation that you could be looking at instead of it being such a frustrating thing of, I am not like this, so there's nothing I can do about it. You know what I mean? And, and really understanding how you can operate from that healthy standpoint. And to say, back to the low self-esteem that you were talking about, because the self-awareness really is that first piece, but it's the first piece because it's what leads you to being able to empower yourself. So when we talked about, you will see how many things you've overcome. First, you have to become aware of all those things, remind yourself, bring them to mind, and then you can start practicing bringing them to mind more often and not just once a day when you do the practice because there is that is something that I have adopted and that I really like which is called a brag book which is you writing about the things that you've accomplished and not just about the things that you're grateful for because that's usually people things experiences it's not you right it's outside of you usually it's outside of you yes and so and understanding that if it's self anything that is self it has to come from you. Nobody can create self-esteem for you. So mm-hmm. somebody can come and tell you that you're amazing, amazing, amazing. And I have heard so many celebrities saying this too, that they, they may have a hundred comments on a post saying that they're awesome. That one that says something negative, it just cancels out everything else. That's just how it goes. <laughs> yes, yes. And well, our brains have something called negativity bias. They're actually wired to look for the one out of a hundred. Or if you're doing your performance evaluation and your boss gives you 15 things you're amazing at and then one thing that needs improvement, your brain literally has something the researchers call negativity bias that you focus on it. And so this idea, and I love it, a brag book. Yes, because every morning in my journal, I brag to myself, so that I can pump myself up, right? And and to to give it, like you're saying, to myself instead of other people. You and I are both podcasters, so we get a lot of emails from people and a lot, you know, which is so incredible. And keep them coming, girls. I love them, love yes. them, love them. And we have to be able to see that in ourselves. And I love what you're saying that an avenue into your brags, into loving yourself is to think of everything you've overcome because every woman I know has overcome a lot. Yes, yes, and in different ways. And and that's that has helped me have a different respect for other people's stories too because we tend to think that our story is more negative or that we are more powerful than others. I usually say there's two ways. Usually some people have more of an inferiority complex thinking that everybody has accomplished a lot more than them or the other way around thinking that you're you have it the worst or whatever so it's nice to to be able to 
encourage other women to do this because you start hearing other stories and you start saying, seeing how individual every story is. And there is no scale to say your problem is worse than mine. It's like, I'm in my shoes. Of course, your situation seems maybe horrible depending on what happened to you, but you've never been in my shoes either. So it's, I feel like the the self-awareness really helps you be more empathetic because you start understanding how nobody could ever possibly know what it's like to be you, which means you could never possibly know what it's like to be somebody else. (laughs) When in reality, we all have common pain. There's a humanity of struggle and there's a humanity of desire. I think we, at our base core, we all want love. Yes. And at our base core, we all struggle when we don't get it, right? From others or ourselves. And so take me then through, because self-esteem is one aspect I know of your work and self-image is another. Yes. And I hear from a lot of women who are going into interviews that they're afraid or not that confident. Um, And I hear from a lot of women who want to start businesses. Oh, but who do I think I am? So there definitely is a self-image issue. And we actually know from the research, right? There was a research study out of the UK where women have 50% more self-doubt than men, Mm -hmm. multiple studies that show that women have less confidence than men, whether it's in medicine or other fields. So how do we really work on that? So I feel like with the self-image too, that's one of the things that you can investigate going back into the past. And one of the different courses and certifications that I took talked a lot about how confidence really has everything to do with how you feel about your body. And that it's crazy to think that that is so related, that how you position yourself and a lot to do with sexuality too. Like it's interesting to see how all of that, and even when you think about animals and how they behave in the wild, that all of those things are interconnected. If you know you present yourself in a certain way, people are already going to get a different vibe and either be attracted to you or not. So everything, these communication with all of those things. And I feel like if that is something that is already coming up to you, it's definitely worth investigating with the self-awareness. Like what, when did this start? Was it when my mom made that comment? I've, I've had recently somebody tell me that not too long ago is when they finally had the realization that the reason why they struggled with their weight for so long was because when they were growing up, Lots of the women around them were always on diets. That's what they grew up seeing. Not that they were telling her to be on a diet, but she was just around hearing them say, oh, I can't eat this. Oh, I just started this new thing. And it's not even your fault. It's not even that somebody said that you were overweight when you were little, which that did happen to me. Um, But you absorb it and we get the sense this is what it is to be a woman, yeah. to constantly be on a diet. And, I, and I, I know that there are men, of course, with body image issues as well. But I know I grew up in a family where at holidays, big Jewish family, Passover, Rosh Hashanah, you name it, the men were all sitting at the table and the women would be in the kitchen preparing all the plates. And while my aunts were putting their hands into the turkey and putting a bite into their mouth, they would say, oh, I'm so fat. Oh, I'm so fat. And so, you know, and I love them. And these are not fat women. Okay. Like, (laughs) and I got nothing against anybody, but there was a learning, you know, amongst me and my female cousins. Oh, this is how we should approach eating. This is what it is to be a woman to constantly think that I'm fat. So absolutely. We can just absorb it. Like you're saying. Yes. Yeah. And you know, what's so interesting about what you just said that our self-esteem our self-confidence has so much to do with how we feel about our bodies. Mm-hmm. Because I'm thinking of the example of going in and asking for the raise or writing that book has nothing to do with your body, right? You might want to write a book about 
mid-century art or something, I don't even know, or frogs, which seems to have nothing to do with your body. Yeah. Except it's so resonating with me that how a woman feels about her body is actually impacting all of those aspects. Yes, because that's where you live in, right? And that's what people see. They don't see if you're, if you have, you know, the inquiring mind or if you're witty or whatever, that's the first impression to everything. And when you already are insecure about that, then I can't even open my mouth to some people. I can't even open my mouth because it doesn't matter. That's what people see right away. Whereas we know that posture has everything to do with it as well. Not even just the way you look and going back to everything that I said of once somebody starts getting to know you, they're going to see you differently. And we don't even give people that chance sometimes because we're so self-conscious about what we look like. So it really, really, really all starts within. Even if there have been people that have, you know, put us down because of the way we look or whatever, it still is your choice to believe if that's your truth or not. And that's something that I have been saying a lot too, that whenever we feel offended, we only feel offended if we're already insecure in that area. Because if someone were to come to you and say, hey, you're so strange because you're blue, you would be like, you're crazy. I'm not blue. Obviously I can see. So that doesn't affect me. Whereas if they were to pinpoint something that you are insecure about, then you're going to ultimately, you know, feel offended because it's something that you already have been thinking about yourself. Right. It's like they're highlighting something in you. Yes. Yeah. And this is really dangerous because there is a Glamour magazine study that I was reading. And I know it's Glamour as opposed to some scientists, but they were, you know, they were interviewing tons of women. Right. And 97 percent of the women in their study said that they are critical of their bodies at least once a day. Wow. Yeah. Doesn't surprise me at all. Right. And so. This is an issue. Yes. If we are critical of our bodies that much or our faces or, you know, any part of our physicality and it's impacting our ability to go for our dreams or to live our purpose or to really stand up or put yourself on internet dating or whatever it is that you desire, this is really going to keep holding women down. Yes. And that's why it needs to be investigated because you just saying, no, that's okay. I'm beautiful and I approve of myself and I can keep going. It's again, not turning that light on or not lifting that rug up. You have to understand where that comes from and where that starts. And even if you can't pinpoint the exact starting point, it's already going to give you more answers into saying, that's not really my truth. It's just what I believed in at that time when I was little and that person said that to me, or even when I was a grown up so that you can move past that. And you can't move past something until you actually face it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That we face where it actually came from and then we can move forward in ourselves. This is so important. It's so genius. The name of your podcast, I love, right? Empowered Woman. Yes. And one of my signature group programs is called Empowered. So it's just a word that just resonates with me. I'm curious if you filled in this sentence. An empowered woman is a woman who dot, dot, dot. An empowered woman is a woman who takes responsibility for her happiness and for her success, for anything that's positive in her life instead of expecting it from somebody else. Mm -mm -mm. So genius, Marta. So genius. You clearly, you have so much to offer as a mother of, I can't even imagine triplets. Okay. I cannot even... I can't imagine one yet, but we'll see how that goes, right? <laughs> yes, you're going to handle it. Thank you. I'll be listening to your podcast to, to be sure that I can. 
to keep reminding us to become self-aware, to look under the rug, to turn on the light and really get so comfortable with our own story and where it came from that we can own it with courage and with grace and with pride and with strength. Yes. Yeah, this is so beautiful and so good. Marta, where can everybody find you? Marta Spurk across the board. Don't think there's anyone else out there with this name. Um, And also Empowered Woman. So everything is under Empowered Woman for me. The podcast, the school, which is my membership site. I have a community on Facebook that's called the Empowered Woman Community. So you can just find me under the Empowered Woman or Marta Spurk. Beautiful. And we'll have all those links in the show notes. So Marta, one thing I like to do with all my guests is I do something called a purpose power play round. And I'm just going to ask you a couple of random questions. And whatever's the first thing that comes to your mind is the correct answer. Are you down for playing? Yes, I'm ready. Okay. So awesome. All right. What is one of your daily routines that keeps you healthy, mind, body, spirit? I love working out. That really, really helps me. It's stress reliever for sure. Do you have a favorite workout or you mix it up? So I really like weights. Um, I miss it a lot when I'm just doing like strength training with no weights or just cardio. I have to do weights because I feel like it challenges me more. And plus, I do love feeling sore. So definitely weights. (laughs) Mm, Love it. And let's say you and I are up for a cocktail because we'll need it. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Nice glass of wine 10 years from now. What are you bragging about then? I'm bragging about um, being able to encourage other women while at the same time teaching the same things to my kids, Um, Mm. even if it's not sitting them down and telling them all the things, but just by my behavior and by having them see what I did accomplish. Mm. That's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. And you have a girl and two boys? Yes. Is that right? Yes, you got it. Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful that you'll teach them And they're going to learn from you just by watching, right? Mm -hmm. The examples we were just talking about, they're going to learn from how you treat your own body, how you speak of yourself, how you follow your own dreams. That's where they're going to learn the most. Mm -hmm. I love it. Who inspires you to be better? I would say my kids, definitely, um, because ultimately they're learning from me. And based on everything that we said, that especially when you go back into your past and you see you know, where things came from usually does come from mom, the good and the bad. And that's another reason why I decided to do what I do too, is that I understand that even if I do my best, and if even if I were to sacrifice my entire life for my kids, there will be a point that they will resent me. There will be something that I did, even if it wasn't intentional, that they're not going to like, and that they're going to carry with them. And it will be their job to do what I have been doing to investigate and start seeing it with different eyes and knowing that even if it was intentional, they can forgive. And if it was not intentional, they can forgive. But I can't do that work for them. I can only show them the way and show them that that's an important thing to do. Mm. As a soon-to-be mama, that is so helpful to hear. One of the things that used to keep me from wanting to be a mom was the deep knowing that in some way, I was going to mess them up, right? In some way, (laughs) they're going to have their own journey and they're going to find something I did wrong. And it's very scary. Like I'm going to mess these humans up. And part of the shift for me has been, and that is what their soul came here for. Yes. right. Their soul knew that they were partnering with us as their parents and that there's something in that for them to learn and to grow and to, to have their own story and to rise out. Yes, 100%. Amazing. Okay. So Marta, I have one more question for you. Okay. And then we're done with the purpose power play round. All right. (laughs) What is one thing 
that every woman needs to know? That they are complete, that they're whole, that they're beautiful the way that they are. And the moment that they actually realize that or get closer to realizing that, because I think it's a journey into it, things will change. Things will change 100%. So good. So good. So beautiful. Marta Burke, you are incredible. You are a mentor and a beautiful woman inside and out and in every way. Thank you so much for being on the Purpose Girl podcast. I've learned a lot. I know everyone else has as well. Thank you so much for having me. This was an amazing conversation. I appreciate all your amazing words. <laughs> mm, it's been so fun. And to all of you out there, if you loved this episode of the Purpose Girl podcast, and we hope you did, head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and leave a five-star review. It literally takes 60 seconds. And your five-star reviews are what is making women listen all over the world. That is what has allowed the Purpose Girl podcast to be top 20 in 30 countries. You're just helping women everywhere reach themselves. Of course, if you haven't yet joined the Purpose Girls Facebook group, what are you waiting for, girlfriend? That is where we have sisterhood, community, lift each other up. I throw positivity prompts on there all the time for you to journal about and to really get you on your purpose path. You can follow me on Instagram at Karen Rockhind or on Facebook at Coach Karen Rockhind. And as always, the most important thing you can do is to share the Purpose Girl podcast with every single woman in your life. That is how we change the world one woman at a time. With that, my love, may you live on purpose. May you love yourself and may you love life. Bye for now. <laughs>